This is Curated Chill, the Aspire Design and Home Podcast. I'm Josh Cooperman, Director of Broadcast Media for Hudson One Media, and on the show today, you are going to hear from artist Myra Lair, an extraordinary talent, and Hunt Tackberry, Director of Showroom Art for Holly Hunt. This is a conversation about art, of course, but also about visual merchandising, the business of art, and how art is so inextricably tied to interior design in so many different ways. Lara is a multidisciplinary artist with a fun and really interesting story about new beginnings and constant reinvention. Her work is significant and compelling. Her work with fire, gunpowder, steel, and dyes is, to me, in direct contrast with her soft-spoken demeanor. On the other side of this conversation is Hunt Tackberry. Tackberry is the director of showroom art for Holly Hunt. His views regarding collectible design, visual merchandising, and the impact of fine art of, on design showrooms creates another option for looking at the value and power of art in design. Thank you for listening to this episode of Curated Chill, the Aspire Design and Home podcast. If it's not too much trouble, please subscribe to the podcast so you never miss a single episode of the show. This is Myra Lehrer and Hunt Tackberry. Now, more than ever before, it's so important to take care of the fabrics that make up incredible design. High-quality furnishings are an investment. As with any investment, you need to protect it. Removing stains is easy with Fiber Seal, and the most talented designers will tell you that caring for the fabric is critical to its longevity. Just about every homeowner will tell you that stains happen. Protecting fine furnishings with Fiber Seal gives your clients the best opportunity for success in stain removal. Designers, recommend to your clients that they protect their fine furnishings with Fiber Seal. Why? Well, Fiber Seal is a suite of products, protective treatments, at home care products, as well as superior customer service. And the most popular products are Green Guard Gold Certified. Each treatment comes with superior service from a company dedicated to protecting your fine fabrics, carpets, and rugs from stains and environmental factors that damage fine textiles. You can work with Fiber Seal for pre testing before you make your textile selects. They are industry partners of both ASID and the Interior Design Society. So, they understand the needs of the design community and how to care for fine furnishings. Visit Fiber Seal online to learn more about how it works. You can also connect online fiberseelnortheast.com and on Instagram at fiberseelnortheast. I I have been looking forward to this conversation for for quite some time and for those listening to the podcast, for those listening to Curated Chill, you have already heard me tell you all about Myra and Hunt and why we're here. Um, I'm going to do something in a moment, and I'm going to let them tell you their origin story. And I want to also preface this with the fact that if you want to go see anything that we're talking about here, the imagery, um, what what's in the in the showrooms, um, or any of the art that we're that we're talking about here, if it's available. Uh, online for you to see, you will find notes, uh, you'll find links rather in the show notes. So with that, um, Myra Hunt, welcome to Curated Chill. Myra, I wanted to, I wanted to start with you. Can, can you tell me um, 
sort of how you how you got started in the business. And one of the questions that I've also been having, and I would I would love if you could include this, is when you started working with gunpowder and when you started setting things on fire, because I, I'm fascinated by it and I and I love destructive elements to art. Um, and it does happen to be a big part of 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 your your overall your overall work. Yes, how did how did you get started after Vassar? Well, after Vassar, I lived in New York in the 50s, late 50s, and that was the heyday of the abstract expressionists. So Joan Mitchell was there, Lee Krasner was there, Pollock was there, Hoffman and his students were there. Everybody was in New York, and I was there too, and I got to meet them. So um, the few years I had to live in New York, I had a studio in Carnegie Hall, and I used to meet up with some of these people. They were colleagues and friends, and I was inspired. So I had that opportunity during the heyday of abstract expressionism. It was a great, great miracle that I was there then. That's how I started to uh, paint in the way I do. I had always worked, but I had not done professional um, work like I had in New York. What was what was your first what was your first public show? That came late. Um, when I worked, I was mostly interested in my studio work and learning and advancing conceptually. But my first real show, I came. I think it was in. Um, do you remember when it was? Like nineteen. 1980, something, I think I was about 50, if that's possible. It took me a while. Um, and then it was, it was a sellout. So I, I thought, oh my God, this is good. Um, people really liked the work and they bought out the whole show. So I'm gonna go this way. So I, a lot of galleries then wanted me if you sell out a show. And um, I was on a great campaign then. You know, my studio work still, re- remained the most important thing. And I wanted to study and learn and I never wanted to just be a, you know, great professional seller, but the work did catch on. People liked the work from the very beginning and um, I liked selling it. And, and speaking of, of the work and, and it catching on and people liking it, then we introduce Hunt. So Hunt, you know, as the, as the art director for Holly Hunt showrooms, Yours is a your role. I want to I want to kind of find out how you how you sort of got to to this place. But it's interesting too because one of the things I absolutely love is as we were talking a little a little bit before this, I had asked you if you consider yourself a curator, and you don't. And what I find so wonderful about that is, from your perspective, it is the experience. It's it's not the solo experience about the work itself, but how the work interacts with the experience of those there for maybe that and other purposes as well. Yeah, for sure. I think it's about the whole showroom. I think from the very beginning, it was my mom, another great woman who started uh, Holly Hunt. And um, she um, saw it all as kind of a black box when she went into um, the merchandise markets first, you know, her first experience, I think, shopping showrooms, probably in New York as well. But 
when she moved here with my dad to Chicago, um, they were all kind of black boxes, window, windowless black boxes, these showrooms. And there wasn't really a lifestyle like you see with restoration hardware today or anything that's uh, traditionally merchandised like a lifestyle. That wasn't happening back then with the showroom model. And she's like, how do I make a more sophisticated environment where it's not just 12 chairs and sofas and chairs and sofas and a maze of products in, in the showroom to buy from, uh, but that it was um, uh, more curated, like you said, um, so that you have um, uh, furniture, art, and accessories um, combined with diff different vendors combined together in sort of a seamless, sophisticated way. And I think that that's what she started doing. Myra says her first exhibition, which I sell out exhibition was in 1980, which I didn't know about, but my mom started in 1983 uh, with, with this company. So uh, doing that was a huge um, uh, exciting moment for her to kind of branch off and be on her own. And then uh, uh, for me with art, um, I've always been interested in it. My mom was an art collector um, growing up. And then when she started the business, she stopped that. But I grew up around great art. Uh, Frankenthaler and all those artists who uh, Myra um, came out amongst. Um, and the abstract expressionists, Motherwell, those things. So that that's very much part of my childhood and uh, birthright, I guess. But uh, then... Um, uh, now moving into this role, I, I love working with contemporary artists. I love working with artists that are in the shadows who can't find other places to show. And I think Holly Hunt provides a new kind of fresh venue to do that in. So I'm excited about it. Yeah, that is very cool. And, and Myra, back to you for, for a quick second. What, what was that? What was it like for you? And how did that, how did it affect your work being in New York at a time and I, I think, you know, not to heap all of this weight on it just because, but anytime there's a happening, anytime there's something happening that's very specific to any category in one place at one time, being a part of it was probably extraordinary. And I'm curious how that, and working with all, all of those amazing names and all those other amazing artists, how being there affected your work and sort of drove you to where you are now. How did that affect the work and the way you approached it? Well, it gave me the very best. It was a miracle that happened for me. Not many people can be right in the center of a huge movement when it's going on. So I got to meet these amazing artists. I was totally inspired. Um, I jumped from being an amateur to really wanting to be very professional about my work and um, seeking all I could. So even when I left New York, I brought with me all of this inspiration and all of these people I knew. And they would come down to Miami in the winter when it was cold and I would get to see them again. So it gave me a link with a great movement uh, in the United States. And the first great movement of contemporary art was abstract expressionism in New York in the 50s. And there I was. Which is amazing, too, because and I, and I want to get into it a minute in a moment. Just what 
what an extraordinary portrayal of the work. You're you're somewhat fearless. And, and I want to double back on the gunpowder aspect. Not that not that that's all there is to it. But what I what I find so fascinating about it is the fearless nature in which you approach your work um, between the the multi materials you use, the depth and the level to which you use those materials, all for the experience. And I want to jump back to that in a minute. But before I do, I kind of want to circle back to you, Hunt, for a second, because you talk about the idea of the black box. And I think what's interesting is the business hasn't really changed that much. I think the majority of of the the major major level showrooms have have gone from a black box to a white box, right? It's just the the color palette has changed to brighten everything up. So it's not so moody and dark. Now it's 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 lighter. But the one thing about the the Holly Hunt showrooms is, and I want you to talk about this a little bit, is is that experience is the way you approach it and the art is a very big part of this because it's juxtaposed against product and it's it's all put together. The tableau is put together in a way from the moment somebody walks in there, it's not about walking to a piece and studying the piece, be it furniture or a piece of art. It's about the whole experience. Yeah, exactly. That, And that's when I said I, I kind of stepped back from the um, role of curator because it's really a team effort and we all put in this uh, uh, stuff into the showrooms, give it our all, um, um, all our energy, all our creativity, um, all our ingenuity, all our money, everything. My mom poured everything into the company and it's about the vendors. Uh, for me, it's about the vendors uh, representing the artists, showing their work. And it's really about, and then when that all comes together with our amazing stylist in chief, as I like to call her, uh, Joanna Kornack, who um, takes the furniture, she takes the accessories, she takes the wallpaper, the fabrics, everything we're doing, the upholstery, and uh, the art, which I give to her or bring to her. Um, and we do work on a lot of the artwork together as well. Um, but then she's able to put it together in this amazing way um, that really, you know, sings um, at the highest level, you know, and, and, and shows everyone's uh, talents together. So it really becomes an experience as you walk in. And I agree with you. Uh, the the whole, you know, is really greater than the sum of its parts. It's like, it's like, um, it really is um, uh, an experience when you walk in, something that always delights me and surprises me. So um, there are even artists that Joanna brings in just for installs, uh, just to make that impact. But now who, who we've started to work with and started to expand on, on what they can do for our clients and and our clients are interested in buying those installations. So uh, that's a fun discovery uh, in and of itself as well. So it's all a big uh, discovery and kind of wonder walking into the showroom. And I think that's what we aim to have it be. So, Myra, along the same lines, when it comes to the experience that you want, you want viewers of your work to see, to feel, to touch, even even if it's visually touching it, because the the depth, the third dimension in the materials is 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 deeper. 
let's talk about materials for a moment, because everything from glass and steel to Japanese paper to dyes to printmaking to to like I said, you know the the, the gunpowder and the you you've got such a broad approach to the materials. I, I would think that at some point it's almost overwhelming to to look at at such a, a wide variety of materials and try to narrow your focus to the subject at hand. Um, I think the the recent one that that we were talking about prior to recording was planetary expressions. I believe that was that was the one. Um, talk to me about inspiration. Talk to me about materials and your your studio and your approach to the work. Uh, I love all of the media. Every media is great. Um, <clears throat> the gunpowder and the fuses. I, I mean, my main thing I do is set things on fire. And I love that. <laughs> it's very exciting. So I have all this gunpowder. I have fuses. They burn differently. I experimented on the canvases, on, uh, also on wood panels with it. And each gives a different um, surface. So I combine them in various paintings and it's very exciting. The fuse burns very slowly and leaves little, little sparks as it burns and the gunpowder whooshes big all at once. So my neighbors think I'm crazy because <laughs> they see all the smoke coming from my yard and it's quite impressive. It goes down the street, over the houses and I'm at it a lot. So um, the materials are exciting. The Japanese paper is fragile, and yet it can be burned, and I make these gorgeous um, holes in it from the burning. And that's my palette. They're all dyed, and they're carved into space with fire. So between that and the um, gunpowder and the explosives, <clears throat> I have a lot of very interesting material, and it never gets boring. I can just find new things to do with it all of the time. And I love the fires. Do you remember your first time experimenting with gunpowder and fuses? Yes, unfortunately, it was hard. <laughs> I, was, I was not prepared, really. The gunpowder box, the bottle was, closed, was open. I mean, I forgot to close it. And <clears throat> the fuses didn't stick quite right. But nothing bad happened. It was just close to a disaster. And I learned from that to be a little more careful. Well, it's funny, isn't that, isn't that the nature of art is that you, you, you have to learn from it in order to, to move it forward? You do, and you have to make mistakes and then get over it and make it better. So in the beginning, they weren't all that successful, but as I learned to control it more, got better and better. Hunt, I, I, I think the experience part of this is interesting too, because as you put things together, you know, it is possible to mess up a display. It is, it, is very, it is very possible to not hit the mark. And what's interesting is um, the 80s and 90s, uh, you know, when it came to art and expression is it was more of a, a nodding thing. Since the advent of social media, people have no problem telling you what they really think about uh, the work or the experience, because it's very easy to hide behind behind social media, and so you get you get more of a or of more of a visceral visceral um, exaggerated 
opinion on things from people, which I think is really fascinating. Talk to me about the work that you do in relation to the team. So as you work with the artist, as you work with the rest of your staging and merchandising and, and visuals team to create that experience. Um, well, it's pretty, it's quite simple. I mean, we have a pretty well um, kind of crafted team at this point. We're part of a public company. Uh, we were able to sell this company, Holly Hunt, to that, to Noel and now owned by Miller Noel. Herman Miller and Noel combined. Um, so we have a pretty well-owned team and Noel has helped us over the last six years to kind of, you know, hone it a little bit more. But um, we uh, we all play our roles well. I mean, I, I do the art. Um, we've got um, uh, a furniture merchandising team. We have an accessories team. We used to be art and accessories, um, but then those those departments grew so much that we split those off into their own PL. So we've got uh, a lot of exciting things going on, and it all comes together where we have um, uh, a design department. Um, I think one of the things I admire about this company the most is we do. Uh, we have our own experimental uh, fuse lighting stages where we uh, were. Uh, building furniture and building prototypes and they're working on the new Holly Hunt collection now. And so we have a lot of internal design going on. So we, it kind of starts with that. It starts with the furniture, which is our main bread and butter. Um, Holly's been known for setting the stage in the home with big pieces of furniture. And so it starts there, starts at the prototyping phase. We build those out. And from there, we build around it. We have the upholstery uh, line, Great Plains, which Holly has um, uh built and then um uh hunt leather um that's my name in it but <laughs> hunt leather it's not that's my mom's um and then our wallpaper line which we just started and now um uh, we're working with a, a shape company um so all this comes together and um builds out um kind of the big pieces you need for the home but my mom was always a fan of crust, as she said. She liked having elements of uniqueness in uh, her showroom. So in the showrooms, we have 12 around the country now. So um, art is a huge factor of that. Having these independent creative voices like Myra is, is great um, to have alongside the big pieces of furniture that we're setting up. And I, and I love that. And I think, you know, partnerships are, are so important and, you know, Myra, it's, it's, it's interesting too, because, you know, when it comes to partnerships with retailers, you know, the artists is in, in many ways, somewhat insulated and isolated from, from that. In many cases, you work on the, you just, you work on your work and you do your best work. And then it's sort of up to others to decide you know, what, what it is and what it is to them. Do you, I, I want to ask you if you ever even think about that or, or give that any consideration. My instinct, and please tell me if I'm wrong, my instinct is that when you started, you might have, but as you've continued to work, maybe you don't consider what others think about the work anymore. You just are doing what, what you do. Is a question whether I care as much about what people think? I tend to be extremely verbose, and that's my long-winded way of saying, do you care what other people think? 
<clears throat> well, if I know it's good, I judge the people if they don't think it's good. Uh, <laughs> if, if I'm not sure about it, I might have an open ear. But usually when I've produced something and it's finished, I've tested it a long time and I'm pretty sure it works. So therefore, I judge them <laughs> if they get it or not. <laughs> That's awesome. Do you, what is, what, is your, what is your mechanism? What is your internal mechanism for deciding if something is working for you? Well, how much time do you have? As much as you want to give me. Well, I'll tell you, um, <clears throat> I was very exposed to very, um, very uh, great art from way back, from cave art to now. And I've looked at a lot of great art. And I have a feeling that I can judge pretty well now. <clears throat> I, I think I've seen a tradition of art that works. What makes it work for me is very uncomplicated, I'll tell you. If it's all integrated, if it all works together, and if you remove something, it wouldn't work as well. So I feel all the parts work in conjunction with one another and create a new kind of uh, reality that's a creation. So it's something out of the ordinary and it puts together a, um, in music, the same thing, in literature, the same thing, all kinds of elements that are recreated to make it integrated, beautiful and whole. And Hunt, I'm curious, what is, what is the internal process by which you and your team go through? And here's the, here's the verbose, long-winded part of my question again. When it comes to furnishings, there is very much the same process as an artist might go through. What's the, what's the hole in the marketplace is the, is the X factor. But what do we think about this? Does, and Myra, I think that's a beautiful way of putting it. Does this work by itself? If it works by itself, can it work in the group? If it works in the group, it works by itself. It's a win. How, how do you go about working with your team to look at, at outside talent, to look at artists and say, you know, this works with the product. It works by itself. It works as a collection. Um, yeah, that's a good question. I think in general, we look at like, we look at art that has more of a design function. So um, when we're looking at art, um, we're looking more at how it works with the whole and the showrooms and, and stuff. We're not looking so much at it at separate from that environment. So we don't look at it like the, the piece and, and the conceptual side of the piece, but it's all that work that Myra does on the conceptual side and, and the compositional side, um, which we resonate with and, and we see the value in it. Great to pull it in. I mean, um, I think quality is quality. I mean, um, going back to my mom again, because this is her company that she started. Um, she, um, she, she is a genius when it comes to tailoring or editing. So if something is, off by an inch she knows it and she's like remake the prototype even if the prototype's made out of wood and bronze it doesn't matter remake it it's not right it's not it doesn't work and and making putting that kind of effort into a single piece 
does make the whole better because um, when you pull that all together in the showroom, which Joanna does, pulls together all these beautiful pieces together, um, Joanna has helped out a lot by, you know, these, um, these great designs and, and great compositions that we have. So um, both, both are kind of integral to each other. Myra, tell me about the, um, the visiting artist residency program through Flying Horse Editions um, with, with the work that's being introduced at Art Basel this, this year. Tell me about the work. Tell me about the collection. Tell me, tell me what's going on. Uh, it's a fabulous place. It's a great print workshop. And it's in Orlando. And I got invited to spend a week there and produce some prints. It was fabulous. Um, they gave me opportunity to work with everything. They provided all the materials and they encouraged me. So I took chances and I made some work that, you know, some was better than others, but it was an opening of a new um, process for me. And I have a big printer in my house. I never used too much, but now I am using it. And there's a magical thing that happens with prints and that you cannot really predict what you're going to get in the end unless it's, you know, an etching or something that you've done with chemicals. I, I did just monoprints, um, which you wipe off. You, you do it, you press it, you wipe it off. So it was always a surprise for what I got. And they were good surprises. So um, it's a new beginning, which is very exciting. And I'm going back. They want me to come up and burn them. So I hope I don't. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm going back and I'm going to burn them up and explode them. <laughs> if, if this, if this episode of curated chill has, has a quote, that's it. So absolutely. I, I you know what I, I just kind of, for me, the takeaway to that too, Myra is there's kind of a twinkle in your eye as you're describing the experience of going someplace and working for a week, I guess, is, is it more that it was someplace else, not your own studio, that because it was an ex experimental environment that you felt freer to try new things? And with that freedom, did that provide you sort of a, a, an emotional freedom to, to not be so concerned about if something doesn't work, but the ability to just give it a try anyway. Yeah, that whole place is very encouraging. Theo Lotz runs it. And he is, um, and Steve was a master printer there. And they just gave me every opportunity to take risks. And they never looked down on anything. I used to look for their approval. And then after a day or so, I stopped that. And um, it's the fact of being in a place where beautiful work is made by many different artists. It's kind of in the air. And the, the wonderful um, ambiance of those two men um, just make you want to work there and create. And you don't think of anything scary. It's all, it's all there for you and they're encouraging. It's a marvelous print workshop. I think it's one of the best. Uh, Myra. Can, can I ask you a question? How, how would you describe the difference between a print and what you do um, in your studio? Um, I, I've been curious about this and I'm, I'm fascinated in seeing the works and seeing if we can carry something. But. The print I use a press for and I can make multiple images if I wanted to keep, um, you, know, you can make a second image, a third image, depending on how much paint is left. 
but it's okay. pressed. It's pressed. That's so, the difference. Cool. And yeah, I saw you were making a lot of monotypes, but you yeah. were making some additions from these prints, but that's interesting. So you make a first type and then you can make prints from it, that's additions from it. I can't. I haven't yet. The only one I could do is if you do a lithograph. I did one lithograph there and that can be printed. Great, great. And I, I also love prints, um, Josh, where you, uh, the artist comes back at the end and adds their touch. Like Myra will obviously be blowing them all up at the end. But uh, <laughs> 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 I love that. It's great. I'm excited to see the Myra. And, and see I hope there's something doing. left from it when I go up and burn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> make some copies before you do. Making paper. You know, they're on paper. They make some additions before you do. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I, I, you know what? It's funny. I'm, I'm curious. And, and Myra, to you, do you ever do you ever practice that where you'll you'll make something, then you'll make some prints of it, and then you'll go ahead and ex experiment blowing it up. No. <laughs> okay. okay. So I usually do it together. You do? Yeah. I'll take a print, I'll make it, and then I'll start to work with fuses on it. But who knows? I'm new at this. Who knows what's going to happen? You're not going to blow them up. They're going to be great. <laughs> I, I, I just want to. I just want to follow up with that. You're saying. I. I just think it's. It's so. It's so refreshing for me, to to hear and you know, such a talented established artist, say that they're new at this because you're trying. You're trying something new. Yeah, true. I am. You know, you always experiment. It's always a new beginning. If you stay in the same old rut you know you you won't you won't get anything i mean some people could like albers could stay do the same thing over and over and over and he was always fresh i don't know that i could i a, a new a new uh, technique brings a new kind of work and that's important to keep alive and aware of everything and not if you if you've made a success of one thing you do not want to Rely on that for the rest of your career. Yeah, fair. Risky. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. And then, you know, it's interesting to me, too, because this particular collection is going to be introduced at Art Basel this year. And, and Hunt, I wanted to ask you, too, because, you know, in talking about that and trying the idea of doing new things and, and not resting on your laurels, it's important for, for you to do that, too, as you're, as you're you know, visually merchandising an environment and a space and, and crafting it so that the experience is, is different for both individuals and the trade as they, as they come through and experience this um, because we've had so little in person over the past almost two years now mm -hmm. with a, with an art Basel or, you know, any, any events like that. Is is this your opportunity now to to go out and and see the work of of people like Myra and other artists that you have an opportunity now to work with? Yeah, uh, for sure. Um, uh, I'm excited to be getting back to the Miami Basel. is a very exciting time. 
uh, for everyone to come together. And it was sad uh, to have missed it during in all the art fairs, the whole art fair circuit. It was sad to miss that during COVID, I think. It's fun to have everyone together and all the excitement and celebrity and, you know, sceniness of the whole thing. It's, it's, it's kind of fun. But uh, yeah, going out and seeing artists, I'm like, as I just conveyed, I, I'm interested in the art world. Like, I love going to see artists. I, I collect art. Um, it comes from my mom's <laughs> kind of heritage, like collecting art, finding art that's important, um, whether it be women artists or art you're interested in for, from any kind of walk of life. And so I'm always going out and looking at art and looking at artists. Um, and I think um, what's always interesting about that is the work I do collect personally is not the work we show in the showrooms because it's just a different, um, it's just kind of a different venue. So uh, for me, um, but it is uh, something that I'm always looking at, looking at what's right for um, our showrooms and, and always trying to find quality work um, for, for the showrooms. So it's something I enjoy doing personally as well as professionally. I love that. Um, Myra, I cannot wait to see this collection. Um, Hunt, thank you very much for taking the time. Myra, thank you very much for taking the time. This is fantastic. I'm, I'm, I'm appreciative. Thank you. Thank you. Thank I enjoyed you. it. Thank you, Myra. Thank you, Hunt. I truly appreciate the time. Thank you to our partners and Curated Chill sponsors. Thank you for listening to this episode of Curated Chill, the perfect podcast companion for anyone who truly loves design, art, and architecture. We strive to bring you the story behind Sublime Design every week, directly to your smart device. I'm Josh Cooperman, Director of Broadcast Media for Hudson One Media, inviting you to listen, subscribe, and come back to chill.